0: The Born to Be Mild Podcast. So, man, do we have a lot to talk about today. This is... It doesn't even seem like it was a week. It seemed like it was two weeks since the last time we talked. Am I wrong? It did.
1: It felt like a long time, and it didn't feel like things were happening rapidly. Um, It was was still... Just kind of a day-by-day thing, but man, I'm talking like a month since we last <laughs> talked about this stuff.
0: <laughs> it was like, it was a trickle, but it was a hard trickle every day. It was like yeah. a big, it was a drop that would hit you in the middle of your forehead kind Exactly. Of every Every wow. once in a while, it just slammed you in the face and it just kept happening. So we were looking at, obviously, the impeachment wrapping up and then the Iowa caucuses and the debaucases yes. that went on with that. And then you get to wrap up the week with the debate and and, uh, tie everything in a nice little bow. So that was kind of wild. You know, like, oh, man, what a roller coaster from both sides, highs and lows, you name it.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a shit show. Um, (laughs) I don't know how any – well, I do know. But I don't know how uh, either of the the parties, how anyone on any side can look at the week and say, like, yeah, we did great. But we know the Republicans are all, you know – Raising their arms in, in their uh, success of the, the uh, Republicans have polishing have been acquittal.
0: polishing the turd that is their party for a while now, so they are very well versed in it. Yeah,
1: it's it's amazing. Trump and his victory acquittal, unbelievable.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess let's let's get into that real quick. Like, what do you think about um, what do you think about the State of the Union? Like, what about the snub the snub for snub? Hey.
1: It was a lot of snubbing, uh,
0: because i had know. I had a country ca- I had a country guy come up to me, and what he voiced was, "What do you think about what Pelosi did? What do you think about what she did?" And I was like, "Bro, all right, so whatever news source you're you're getting your shit from is obviously only showing one side of that coin." Because as an impartial juror, I'm sitting here saying that both sides were pretty pretty childish, but he kind of yeah. started it. Or, all right, so. He's under, he's he's still being impeached technically when he's giving the speech, so it isn't her honor and privilege to present to the public the president. So I understand why she omitted that part from his introduction, but she did introduce him, and then she did extend her hand.
1: And he snubbed her.
0: Yeah. And he fucking
1: snubbed her. Yeah. Um. It's, it's kind of interesting, uh, especially with Pelosi, who somehow is... Now, we know it's it's usually the Republican mantra to always focus on the other side and what they did wrong, uh, because that's easier than applauding what Trump may or probably didn't do right. But it's interesting in both of the last two State of the Unions, uh, Pelosi kind of being a highlight, first with her incredibly sarcastic uh, slow clap, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just
0: smacking her hands together like a
1: seal at the zoo,
0: and <laughs> – She's just, I think, letting you know that she's not. This isn't her first fucking day on the job, and she will not be uh, seen in such light.
1: Yeah, I don't think she appreciates the light in which she's been cast, but God, she apparently doesn't care either. Because man, that vehement rip up of the of the paper in front of everyone—that really stole the show again
0: this year. Wow, that was that was really dramatic. I'll tell you what, like, and and it was wordless. And it was so symbolic and, oh, so, uh, you so know, good. the picture the picture speaks volumes kind of thing. Uh, that, was, that was... It, <laughs> it was. was. The
1: dramatic acting was like a soap opera.
0: It was a stroke <laughs> of genius. And yeah, she does. She has that soap opera face like she'd been on the show for like four decades. Right. She, <laughs> like, she
1: just wants to throw a drink in his face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Little do we know that this is all just one big soap opera anyways. Uh, oh, sure. At least sure. that's... That's how we're
1: treating it. Behind the scenes, they're all just great friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like, you get the snub, but that, like, it just goes to show you that that was what one, uh, What one red county person had to say, you know, right off the rip, because he came at me really forthright and wanted my opinion because he knows that I like to sell it right down the middle and I can see both sides if there is both sides to be seen. Mm -hmm. But like that was all he brought up. And it was like just just showing once again, like you're in the vacuum, bro. And you're sitting here talking to somebody that, you know, is not in the vacuum as if they are. Like, well, he's looking at you like
1: you're in in the other vacuum. Um, what, what are the odds? What do you think the percentage is that he actually watched and listened to Trump's State of the Union? Not, well, looked, at, not looked at articles later about Pelosi ripping the paper. I think the that paper.
0: the odds are pretty good because you had a pretty good sentiment that there were either going to be fireworks or that he was going to be bragging about his accomplishments. So I think that as a Trump supporter, you would tune in just to revel in it.
1: Oh, he doesn't deliver State of the Unions like of the past, that's for sure. It's it's a party for himself. Um,
0: it, but it's a revisionist history if it is, obviously. Oh, absolutely. You're go- that, but that's what you do as a president, you cherry pick. You do. Um, And that's how it's supposed to be, but you're supposed to also uh, have a truthful representation of what's happened, and so we know that he is not exactly uh, the best steward of the truth and um, we can't really expect that from him in these situations because, you know, once again, he's, he's breaking norms. That's, that's what he does. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, we definitely would agree Trump is not the best steward of the truth. Um, that's been really <laughs> nice, right? But, uh, yeah, but I do feel like uh, the State of the Union is slightly less. Yes, they always cherry pick their accomplishments and kind of, you know, downplay their, uh, their failures. But Trump almost treats it like uh, it's another one of his rallies, that's really the way it feels when he's up there talking. It, it is, and it's gross, and
0: it's scary. And if I was a Democrat, I would be extremely offended and angry, and figure out any way possible to make this to this go away. Because you're one step away from being the uh, the press corps at one of his rallies. You know, down here in Southern Ohio, you're you're penned in. And you're being booed from all sides, and you're just being attacked mercilessly without a microphone of your own because he's up there at the bully pulpit, just raining shit down on you, and, you, and knowing you can't do anything about it. So yeah. distasteful. I, it's and, yeah, that's the new norm. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, but what are the Dems? What are they doing right now that in? other than Pelosi ripping up a paper, in response to the typical juvenility of Trump and his base.
0: Well, they're, you know, trying to figure out who their next candidate is, so they're a little busy. Yeah, and that has been a shit show in itself, so... I don't know. I mean, like, it's a shit show, but it's also a flushing out of real ideas from the party that has them. So, like, there is going to be... uh, lulls in the process, and it's not going to be uh, fire and brimstone like you were getting um, from the, the last action hero in the last election cycle on the Republican side. It's like it's really tough to keep up with that level, uh, you know, when everything was turned up to 11, and you're not supposed to. It's not supposed to be this this insanity ride that we're on. We're not supposed to be keeping up with what this fucking guy's doing every day of the week. And well, I think they I feel, are
1: to some degree. That's why I'm saying it's the new norm. You don't think that well, Sanders is somewhat kind of mimicking that style in of uh, fire no, and zone?
0: Absolutely. Oh, no, I'm talking about Trump. And his Twitter feed and his irrationalities, okay. like right, that's fair. Being a person that you can't trust to leave alone for twenty four hours. Now, right now, <laughs> they are in the news, it you know, with extended regularity because we're in an election cycle, obviously, right? Sure. But I mean, like, aside from that, we're having nuanced conversation about policy and about. Uh, Electability—it's—it's it's really wild to see that on the stage. I mean, we can get to that, but let's let's go back, let's go back to Iowa. Let's, let's go, go there. back to to the land of the hawks with the eyes, man. They are fucking—they'll see you. They'll see you coming. Yeah, the hawk eyes, the cyclone cities. Let's go, let's go see what's up in Iowa. All right, so let me start by saying that I used to think that this was a really cool process. And now I totally hate it, and I think it should go away forever. And it's totally stupid. And change my mind.
1: <laughs> Why don't you elaborate on that first? So I, will, I will give you a
0: retort. <laughs> All right. So you have this system, right, where you're going into the gym, and your neighbors are over here, and you you have the fi- you have the first count. That makes sense. That is where you find out where everyone stands, and everyone gets to be represented. And then you have the reallocation and that's where things are completely revisionist and I don't fucking buy it. I mean, I understand like the horse trading and like, maybe if this was, I don't know. I I think it's cool. Like the process of trying to persuade somebody to come over to your side. The problem is I think it should have been done at the outset. I think that the final or the first count should be the final count and that you should have been doing all this shit showing in the gym before that count happened because essentially what you would be doing is saying all right well donald trump won the election but if we can have all the green party dudes agree to come over to the hillary side now we win that's what (laughs) i see it as tell me is that is that wrong if you're viewing it through
1: that lens no that is not wrong uh that, that is that's probably part of the idea i I would imagine
0: best possible outcome yeah it's it's after the factism
1: yeah I think what they were always looking for during this last cycle is they were trying to unite the party though and it's and they, they did they wanted they and not the party just the entire left I mean they wanted the green party they wanted to, they wanted to bring over libertarians and independents they wanted everyone to vote against Trump. And
0: I think what they've managed to do is just splinter everybody even worse. And you can see that in the turnouts, perhaps, because they were saying that they were only equal to the 2016 levels and they were hoping for like the surge levels of the Obama Uh, election years. And that didn't happen. So they're trying to extrapolate. Well, does that mean that there's going to be a lower turnout nationwide and therefore a Trump victory is going to be fucking inevitable? You know, like, oh, you're seeing all the
1: same disillusionment. It's uh, do you think it has a lot to do? I mean, it's impossible to say in 2016 that the Bernie Hillary feud wasn't the main issue. Uh, Do you think a lot of this is on Bernie's shoulders again? Because he is really divisive yet again on the left.
0: Well, I think that we have the, let's get back to Iowa just in general, because I think that it's just too white and not emblematic uh, enough of the country to be starting this whole thing out. So like, you have two problems with it, in my opinion. You have the fact that it's too white and not emblematic, and then you have... um, the caucus system in general. So it's like wrong on two levels because you're not getting the right results and you're not getting the results from the right type of people. So I was trying to look at this, um, this article from 2016. And of course it was done by uh, the loving angels over at NPR. Bless them all. (laughs) Um, And it was, um, it was look they They were already looking at it. They wanted to find out what was the perfect state to start, the presidential primaries with because you know it's it's like it's out the starting gate and it gets people going or it puts people in the dirt and has them you know coming from behind so like it's a good thing to do as as a party to really uh, to, to look into where we're going um, you know in the future and find the right state to start this stuff out or the right uh, series of states but definitely have the right starter, that will. Um, yeah, I don't agree that that's Iowa. <clears throat> no, you yeah. have to show where the party is as a whole out the gate because people yeah. want immediacy nowadays, and and you're not giving it to them. What you're giving them is false positives.
1: Oh, 100 percent. I mean, when you look at this this lineup of uh, of people at the top of the list, now it's it's the names that you would expect to be at the top of the list, but the way they're represented and the order that they're in, you know, that has no bearing on how the the national results are going to play out. So, I mean, I don't care how good the butter on a stick is in Iowa. Uh, they've got to find a, a, a better state representing uh, how the Democratic Party as a whole is going to swing.
0: They absolutely do. Um, Who, what would you then, pick? Where would you think? That, well, um, the list had Illinois as number one, and that made the most sense. I think Illinois and, Illinois and Virginia. Um, the number one thing that they had in terms of their matrix was how emblematic was it racially of the country as a whole. And there were a couple of states that didn't, that, you know, were real far off, like 30%, 38%. They were even like New York state or something like it was wild. Yeah. But like, I think Illinois was almost in the single digits. I don't know. Maybe 18. Who the hell knows? Illinois was great. It was. It it made a lot of sense because it's metropolitan, it's urban, it's still Midwest, it's Midwest but yep. it also has real Eastern uh, tendencies, you know, East Coast tendencies, and sure. stuff like yeah. that, and yet it can still, you know, hold its own with um, Wisconsin if it needed to, or Minnesota if it needed to, in terms of a uh, morality.
1: Right, and it's still a predominantly blue state because sh- let's face it, Chicago
0: is the majority of the state.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. That, I think that would be a great place for the the
0: Dems to come out of the gate. Could you imagine though? That would be pretty wild. Like the Illinois primary kicking it off the yeah, next election cycle. That would, s- cycle? That would be fucking rad. That would be that would be rad. I would love
1: it. I think that's a great choice. To be honest, I hadn't even considered it. I'm sitting here thinking of, like, the most liberal states. I'm like, yeah, we should do it in California. That would be a terrible idea.
0: <laughs> so. It would be a horrible idea. You got, Oh, my God. Can you imagine the crazy lizard people that would rise to the top of the ballot?
1: <laughs> Just all lizard people across the board. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
0: there would be a sun, a moon, and a star all on the ballot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. No,
0: but, I, you know, so uh, that's definitely something to look at because what Iowa has done to, I guess, the primaries, but specifically the Democratic primary process is, is something that they are going to need to recover from quickly. Um, you don't want any distrust, right? So that was the main thing that I was worried about as a takeaway from the caucuses was some kind of, Obviously it was just a blunder and everyone understands that an app can crash and we can have really tough times with our electronics. Right. But in in the climate that we're at right now with political interference, we definitely want to have as little of that as possible on any side, let alone, you know, the side that you think that you might want to have be victorious. <laughs> and so I, th- I thought it was pretty shitty i was like come on man you guys are really shooting yourselves in the dick here when you can't even like agree that this brand new app might not be the smartest way to go in terms of the most important thing in the political season
1: yeah uh politically the dems <laughs> they're not notorious for their their online aptitude uh you remember the debacle <laughs> when Healthcare. healthcare.gov? <laughs> healthcare.gov. I knew where you were going with that <laughs>
0: shit. That was easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, know.
1: you know, let's let's hold off on the apps for a few years until you guys get it figured out. Absolutely.
0: Can we <laughs> trial run it in a mayoral race or so, you know, like Yeah, geez, something much lower stakes. <laughs> so. Christ almighty. Yeah, just like the treasurer of Canton, Ohio. We'll roll it out right there. Um So yeah, so like Iowa was bad, and all right, timeout. I'm, I'm doing my little, uh, let me mark down, 21, we have a lull, because I'm brain farting, because I'm trying to check, sh- check shit off this list, and I probably shouldn't do that, but I'm doing it because it's kind of out of order in how I wanted to talk about it, or how we ended up talking it about it. It absolutely
1: is, yeah, we're skipping around a little bit, I, I'm just kind of recording notes in my head as we go. And so I'm a dum dum. Yeah, you got like, to kind of I, multitask. It's kind of <laughs> I can't. No, but I
0: can't. I, I apparently can't do it. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Uh, <laughs> all right, coffee, water, and then we'll be back. Back at it.
1: <laughs> we left on uh, what we say. Uh, oh Iowa's we rolling we out uh, d- something. Yeah, <laughs> when they rolled out the the app. So back to Iowa.
0: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> In the end, uh, we got what I, you know, was hoping we would get was a strong, strong finish by a centrist in Mayor Pete. But again, that was after the revisionist second round of the competition. Uh, The first the first round showed that Bernie was the most popular Mm -hmm. in in the state. And that's kind of understandable, given, you know, the forcefulness that he's been having and that, you know, the animus that you might be having over there on the left, and they're ready to go. They want to roll up the sleeves and get at Trump, and, and so does Uncle Byrne. Yeah,
1: I would I would think that uh, uh, Booty Jug also got some false positive results based on the circumstances. Um, he certainly did. and you know, I, you know, I mentioned the last couple of weeks how the, the senators were all tied up, and he should have a field day, and he did, so... That was good
0: for him, though, but he should have because he shows well. And I think that if you just give a little bit more time in front of the camera, in front of the public, he's going to start, you know, warming to people um, as long as they are not homophobic. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Mayor Pete supporter. Um, he's not your number one man, though, right? He's not your. Uh, I'll tell you choice. what, uh, it's, it's crazy because I've had many number ones along this entire route. I think most of us have. (laughs) Right. And 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 I don't want to feel stupid for it, but I also, you know, like I was listening to all these interviews with the people on the ground in Iowa and they were talking about, oh, who's my favorite? But they were also being so pragmatic. And it was just so interesting that they were so thoughtful about who their candidate was. And it reminded me a lot of my own process and mm-hmm. I I felt bad about it but I also felt good about it like all right there's other people like me out there but I also You're- feel like I should just stick with whoever sings sings my song and and that be right. it
1: so you by pragmatic you're saying they're also make a decision, making decisions based on a candidate's actual realistic electability. It's
0: all about electability. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I mean – I feel like a lot of people love Yang and they just don't want to vote for him because they're like, this dude's not going to be president. So
0: – They love Yang because he's extremely intelligent and well-spoken and he's a realist in so many ways that the front, run- front runners usually are not.
1: Yeah, and he's got a little bit of that gravitas behind the mic that uh, we haven't seen since Obama um, – But for some reason, the guy just – no one thinks he's electable, so no one's voting for him.
0: So the the thing about Yang was the freedom initiative, and that Mm -hmm. was the thing that caught people off guard the most. Like you're going to give everybody in the entire country $1,000 a month. That's pretty wild. But what he's saying is that it's backed up by what he sees coming down the pipeline in the the new economy, the new robot AI economy and there's gonna be a lot of people out of work and there's gonna be a lot of people in between jobs and there's gonna be a lot of people that just need to make sure that they have that baseline income no matter what because people need to not get kicked out of their homes, keep the lights on, this and that, and also make the extra ends meet and spend that extra money in the town square to make sure that the local economies stay viable and all the cash you know, stays you know, locally.
1: Um, yeah, and uh, meanwhile, all of that to uh, the the conservative side of this country is just so It's a huge giveaway. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you've got Fox News. They just ran a hit piece on him like a day or two ago. Um, because that's what I mean because it, it sounds
0: so crazy. Yeah. And that's why he's not being taken seriously. Right. And it's something that can be explained away as so pragmatic and so forward-thinking and something that could possibly – be to the detriment of almost it's, no one, right? You could it's show too far almost of a leap ahead, though. You, I, I you agree. You could show almost though. no downside to some people, and they're still going to say no because it is so foreign. Mm-hmm. And that is where we get into the centrist versus leftist debate. That is what I want to talk about. And Can we
1: talk? That there is the that the sole issue going on: centrist versus leftist. When are the Dems going to pick one or the other?
0: But it's centrist versus leftist being sent through the filter of electability as well.
1: Yeah, well, and right now I think that it's so split and it's really the reason that Hillary lost the election. We're still viewing the party through the lens that only a centrist can be electable.
0: What I think is that a centrist has to be elected with leftist values. That's where you have to just say we need to take baby steps. Yeah, well, and you're we, not
1: the first person to say that. I mean, that's quite possibly the thing that most of the Democrats on the news are saying the most. We need a centrist who is actually has the progressive values of somebody what's like What's wrong with that? Bernie it's the best of both or,
0: worlds, and right. I can understand that when you have someone like Mayor Pete who sounds so much like Obama, you can say, all right, well, he will just um, end up in a – a centrist puddle and mired in complacency and wanting to please everybody that he will end up getting very little done in terms of progressive, you know, policy and and leftist thinking and getting the country in the right direction in terms of, you know, whether you think it's the, uh, you know, restructuring, so to speak, of the economy. Restructuring the
1: economy entirely. I mean, right. But is he going to? Yeah, I don't. Not because of his youth, but I don't know enough about Mayor Pete to know that he's strong enough yet to take the kind of stance he would need to uh, as president yet. I I just – this is a guy who I think has a high electability factor, but I think he's got a higher factor in, say, 2024 or 2028. I don't know that this is his year because I don't think he's there yet.
0: I don't think that a lot of these issues have been flushed out enough that we know what the middle ground looks like either. So you have somebody on the far left who's saying Medicare for all, and then you have somebody just anybody in the Republican Party saying, get that socialism out of my backyard. All right, privatize everything. <laughs> and then you have somebody like Mayor Pete who says, or you know, many people who say we need to have a public option, but we're not going to get rid of the private sector in terms of insurance. And for someone like myself, I'm sitting here saying, well, that makes sense because why the hell would you do that? You're going to freak everybody out. It's going to be too crazy of a turnover. Yeah,
1: from a political standpoint, it makes sense.
0: No, from a pragmatic standpoint as well. Like, yeah, you don't want to scare people away, but you also don't want to throw this whole – country into turmoil while you're trying to turn something over that could that might not work that might be healthcare.gov like you can't do this shit all overnight and it can't be done all at once like warren and sanders want to do yeah no you and certainly now can't in my do. heart <laughs> in my heart of heart do i want equality for everyone and everyone to have awesome access to great healthcare yeah like you know you've heard the the great stories from afar and the countries. Of Xanadu that do have (laughs) their own problems like Canada and the UK but you know that at least that there's a social safety net out there and you want to work towards that so that's where I'm at and I bet Mayor Pete's there too but he's also saying listen it's one-sixth of the MFing economy or whatever you can't you can't screw with it that hard and you're not going to get everyone to go along with you so there needs to be baby steps and, like, you just have to promise them that, like, it won't just be baby steps. There will be an end result. I
1: agree with you, and I disagree. I think it's more heavily weighted on trying to capture swing votes because these are the people, you know, they can't decide between mid-rare and rare on their stake. Um, they can't make a decision. So he's got to kind of play both sides, and something radical like what Sanders wants is not going to capture swing
0: votes. But I think that in practice – now I guarantee be- you that all the people that are swing voters are fucking well-done steak eaters. But go ahead. They're all idiots. If they don't know – no, go ahead. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I would say that the conservatives probably make up more of the well-done steak eaters. Um, but <laughs> that's a different discussion. Let me say yeah. that uh, if we're going to look at other countries like the UK, then we have to look at Denmark too. It is possible to make it work – with some kind of a universal single player something that's not entirely privatized, where people are just getting destroyed, but in the both the medical and pharmaceutical world, um, it can be done, and I don't, I don't know that a radical approach is wrong. I, I think that Trump came in being radical, and I know that it's much easier to radicalize the, uh, the right wing of this country than the left or the center, but I think this could be the time to come in with big dicks swinging. And calling for big change, maybe I get think people we'll really end scary. up there.
0: It's kind of looking like I don't know. Maybe if Mayor P- Mayor Pete was amicable enough to the idea, a Sanders Buttigieg ticket wouldn't that be that would be pretty all encompassing, or at least as much as it could be with the big dicks out in front.
1: Yeah, and I man, I would love to see either uh, Buttigieg or uh, Yang as a running mate. I think they both would be great. On the ticket. Ah,
0: now let's not forget about the completely forgettable Amy oh, Klobuchar. <laughs> See, who's now who's we were talking Khlo about Bukhar? this before the show. This is the <laughs> perfect time to bring her in because she is actually the most qualified out of the three we're talking about the right here. The forgotten woman. Now, now, we're leaving out the complete parallel candidacy of Michael Bloomberg, and we will get back to that in a moment. But let's talk about the people on stage who we we're looking at as possible centrists. And that was obviously Biden is out because he is just running out of gas, and he's probably oh, just flatulating himself his- from city to city <laughs> at this point. Yeah, his senility <laughs> you know? is on a
1: roller coaster hill directly into Trump
0: world. And not I, only that, but another guy you know, like that. You know, some of his thinking is a little backwards and antiquated, and I don't think we need him because he had a fresh face when he was far away. He's a bit of a Monet. He was a cute VP. But, yeah, and he was a really tantalizing, centrist choice because he was name recognition and someone who's going to be able to take uh, Trump down without saying a single word or, you know, running a single ad. But he's not there and he's not it and he's too freaking old and that totally sucks. Yeah,
1: I, but, you so, know, I was never a huge fan of him for the, the office of POTUS either, so I just Go away, Joe.
0: I just wanted Trump to win and I thought the rest of the candidates weren't going to show out enough to captivate the country. So I just wanted the win. That's where I was at. So if you want to talk about who is my favorites, I was like, yes, give me the victory. At first I was like, give me Joe. And then I was like, give me some more Kamala. I want to see some more Kamala. And then I was like, you know what? If Warren is going to get to the front and she's going to start understanding what it means to lead and look presidential, then give me a little bit more of her. And then I was like, holy shit. And all this while I'm sitting here saying, I really like Mayor Pete. He's really cool. He's too young. But, boy, is he well-spoken and he's right down the center and he might be able to drag people to the left. That's great, too. Mm -hmm. All the while, Uncle Bernie's sitting in the (laughs) – he's waiting in the the shadows with the best ground game and the most loyal supporters. And this is where we're at. This is him at the front. He's got the most passionate base by far, so – so it's him, but then we need the centrist, and Amy Klobuchar is fucking awesome because she is so experienced. She is so well-spoken. She is so likable. She sat there and she ended one of her you know, most recent speeches, I think, at the debate with like, hey, you know, we could use a woman in here because I have empathy. Mm-hmm. And it was the greatest thing I heard in years and years because if I'd have heard that from Hillary Clinton, I wouldn't have fucking believed it. Like, I don't think no, Hillary she's Clinton has an robot. empathetic <laughs> bone in her body. Speaking of but lizard people, like, come correct. on. Correct. Speaking of lizard people, we could rip the mask off of her at any second and we could find out what kind of robot or reptile right. is behind there. And not but, a
1: single jaw would be dropped. Everyone say, like, yeah, that's about right.
0: Yeah that, yeah, that makes sense. That adds up. Um, so, but no, Amy, man, she's great. She's so fucking awesome. You it's like all in. Wow. If, yeah, it's like if you had a really thoughtful, smart mom as president, can yeah. you imagine? Like, like, and, and not only that, but a mom that the big bully alcoholic neighbor would never fuck with. Okay. So, imagine that. So, like, but that's you're liking her
1: as VP. You're liking her as a running mate, right? I like her she's as a person. Good.
0: I like her as a candidate. I like her as a beacon of what we should aspire to because she's a straight shooter and extremely genuine.
1: Okay. Well, I'm, and has great policy. I'm but being In the terms of the candidate, right? In terms she's of <laughs>
0: she's she's probably two or three on my VP list in terms of bringing other people in.
1: Yeah, because well, she's got that midwestern. Uh, you know, presence, but so does Pete. So it's... Um...
0: Yeah, her almost even more so. I think she could do really well canvassing the uh, the Rust Belt during the general and bringing people on board. You think so? Okay. I, I do, as long as she was able to come to a consensus with Bernie in terms of where they were thinking about going. Because another thing I wanted to touch on was... The my way or the highway attitude that we have sometimes from the far left, like this goes t- this goes hand in hand with Mayor Pete, like or at least the centrist thought in general with leftist tendencies. Okay. There's centrists who want to move to the left, but there's no leftists who want to come back to the center and That's reach their hand out. So That's what true. I'm seeing. Yeah, that like where is where's so that? True. No, because... Like it's,
1: it, hashtag same
0: team, motherfucker.
1: I know. You know what I mean? No, but they're, yeah, they're the same people who decided, well, I'm just not going to vote in 2016 because, you know, Hillary.
0: And- my guy. Yeah, my guy. Didn't, <laughs> well, oh, like, I now you see it, what man. happens. Reap what you sow. Ugh. Yeah. There's, there's
1: There's definitely a ground movement swelling that, you know, just get to the polls and vote against Trump.
0: I but think there that's- needs to be a ground movement against people like that. Like, shame on you. For taking your ball and going home in such an important time
1: well yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of people who are, are in that camp right now saying, and this this is another reason why I don't think uh, looking at Iowa's results means anything because a lot of the people are apathetic they're like, it doesn't matter. Wh- whoever it's fine. I'll, I'll come out in November and I'll vote on whoever is opposing Trump and i I, I think this election much more so than 2016. I think you'll see the lefties buckle a little bit. The far lefties buckle a little bit, and they'll vote for a centrist if they have to. If Hillary Clinton was back on the ballot, they might vote for her at this point. So,
0: Yeah, they might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, please, God, anybody. Yeah,
1: just get him out of there. Bring all of the lizard people in and get this one out. So,
0: But she is so bad. I, I don't even want to think about her. She, makes she is me, awful. Yeah, she's, she, she's icky, icky. My hand was burning as I, as I checked. <laughs> Checked her at the ballots. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like her walking into a Catholic church. There oh. was a little bit of fire in the air. There was. A little there smoke was. in the air.
1: Yeah. The devil was just collecting souls that were soul-doing that entire day.
0: <laughs> but so, yeah, the left hopefully comes on board with whoever gets elected. However, what happens if this guy comes out of left field named Michael Bloomberg? I mean, was he even in the... Ballpark Stadium. I don't even think left
1: field is far enough away. This dude was like, all right, I'm just going to show up here. Throw another podium up there.
0: I made a lot of commercials. (laughs) And he made a lot of commercials. This is the Citizens United possibly working towards our benefit in the end. Craziness. uh, So, like, you have nothing but money just draping politics right now to the point where someone doesn't even have to show up on the ballot at the first few states. They don't even have to show up at the podium at the first three dozen debates and they can be in everyone's ear, in everyone's podcast, in everyone's home, in everyone's TV commercial mm-hmm. and be running neck and neck with the front runners on a completely parallel candidacy that hasn't even engaged the other people running for the office. I know. and It's some, insane.
1: He's running a successful campaign based
0: solely on the I'm not Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> Here's my well, face. He's
0: he says I am a successful businessman who built my way up from the ground up. He's saying I'm as rich as Donald Trump. My my um empire is much more credible and much less nefarious and I started from nothing, not a position of privilege. So he's showing, you know, the compare and contrast there uh, quite nicely. Uh he's doing well uh in terms of you know, marketing his own campaign. Obviously, we we don't know what people think about him yet. There's no result for him in, you know, Iowa. So it's so fucked up because people have been like saying forever that like, all right, here's the threshold. If you don't throw your hat in the ring, he's never going in. And then they were like, all right, if Biden goes in, then he's not going in. And that's how it looked. And then Biden got so shitty, it turned into, all right, well, if Biden drops so precipitously, then he might come back in. Mm hmm. It was like all right, jockeying for uh, old white man at the center. <laughs> there's only one, there can be only one
1: I mean that's that's pretty much i I don't know i I'm thinking that the only wild card I see coming in for it's to me it's going to come down to Sanders, Warren, and Bloomberg being the wild card I don't think I don't think there's enough for Pete to get up there. Um it's really going to come down to those three and he could really upset the balance and I could see Exactly. Uh, Elizabeth Warren being a dark horse and suddenly she's our candidate. What would you think about that?
0: Um I don't see it just because toe to toe with Sanders like his game is so much tighter it seems and and seasoned. I think that's the thing. Like he's gone through one election cycle. So his Rolodex was on point to begin with. And she and, adapted
1: a lot of his ideas to begin with, so she kind of yeah, feels like
0: an offshoot. Bernie, <laughs> she is she is a bit of an also ran, and I I don't know. I respect I respect the knowledge that she has and the learned approach that she takes. Sure, I just don't know if um, if that is the right temperament for president because she has a lot of my way or the highway tendencies. I don't like to see it from Trump. So I don't like to see it from someone on what I would consider my side of the aisle. Uh, I don't like when things are an eye for an eye in that way. I don't see her as being vindictive. I just have seen a couple of times where she's even had some input that's been pretty genuine from other people on the left about how to do things a little differently. And she just is hell-bent that her formulation and her crunching of the numbers is the only way that you're going to be able to skin this cat, whatever the cat may be. And I, I don't think I like that. <clears throat> I'm not big on it. Uh, so she, I'm about is, I'm about coalition building, and I don't see it from her is what I'm getting at. Well, back to being
1: pragmatic, she she has a social presence. You know what she has? She's a symbol of of feminist power. I mean, ever since she put those flats on those those sneakers and she went in there and she nothing stood nothing wrong for with that. How many and hours? Her, enga-
0: her engagement. Mean, you know, with yeah, with her crowds, she you know she gives the selfies with thousands of people every fucking day. Well, on and the left, on the left, is, and How is meeting women? with you know the people, not the uh, the biggest donors in town. When she comes to all these towns and rallies, right. so she's
1: like, "I'm all that Bernie is, but I'm also a woman." And but she, I appreciate it. She I, she no, can I appreciate carry it. that she's woman genuine vote.
0: in so many ways.
1: Yeah, oh, I I I don't hate the woman, but uh I do feel like this see this isn't my opinion on her what i'm what i'm thinking is that she's going to carry so many votes based on the fact that the dems oh you think the far sp- left
0: could be split
1: i yes oh my goodness i think so it's really going to be a battle of the sexes so and that's why i'm saying that um
0: so you think bloomberg has bloomberg, a chance because he will end up as the uh the centrist nominee if you will? Correct
1: he's going to steal away votes from bernie he's going to steal away votes from the center or the center excuse me um it's he, I, I don't know. It could go a lot of ways, and it's all based on these little nitpicking uh, political nuances. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't even know if I have a favorite candidate. I recently said Bernie, but I don't know what I believe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, lost, I've lost all hope thanks to Iowa. I don't know what I believe anymore. It's, it's such a mess. It's a but,
0: man at the end of his rope, people.
1: Well, uh, this is what happens when we have another uh, election cycle where the entire party just seems a little disillusioned and confused. Is it exhausting? It's a it's a little bit exhausting to follow it because it's wasn't it just so much easier when he just knew? You're like, yeah, it's just gonna. I mean, Obama and Hillary did have a, a
0: battle in two thousand eight. No, no. But at no. least there was only two. Yeah,
1: at least there was That's only what I'm two, saying. and all it the almost people. felt like all either
0: people either c- is so exhausted,
1: either could be viable at that point. You were like, "Well, either one." Of course,
0: they're viable. Like she's been waiting for a long time. You know, yeah. her well, turn it, in the barrel, and then it's the <laughs> she upstart. Wasn't, she wasn't quite
1: as hated in 2008 as she was in 2016 either.
0: No, she had the freshness.
1: Yeah, but yeah, this now we've just got a, a shit show of all these people, and I don't know what's going to rise to the top of this.
0: Well, you know, once again, I can only say that we're going to be getting issues out in front of the American people. And it's up to them whether or not they want to buy in on them. And as long as you can still see um, your towns maybe getting a little bit worse or your health care coverage and premiums going up a little bit more each year, you can hear these numbers about the economy, and if it doesn't reach you in your everyday life, then the messages that do are going to start being the ones that turn you uh, to the other side in the voting booth.
1: And by that, you mean swing voters are going to come around. You think I mean, centrists just, are going to move to the left?
0: I mean, not just that, but we're we're we we can't be looking at. At leftist and rightist policies anymore. We have to be looking at just American policies because But we have, will
1: continue to do that because it's been successful as far as every Republican is concerned. They're looking at right policies as right policies and left policies as wrong ones. They
0: are, but with the, with the candidacy of Donald Trump, you had the nationalist tendencies that you can you can say, have no place in um, a lot of conservative thinking of the last 30 years, or at least the America First attitude in terms of being a globalist party and um, wanting to outsource everything and being a very corporate party. I mean, both were, and both have been and continue to be to this day. Oh, sure. Even under Obama, it was, so right but if you want to talk in terms of protections of workers and protections of this and that um it's the left who has always been that appeal but donald trump infused the right with a little bit of that but he's not going to deliver on it as much as he promises on it so my point is is that they can both say that they're parties of the people but in the end only one is going to present the policies that deliver and after you're lied to for so long in one fashion in the fashion of the populist you know and it doesn't deliver then you'll finally have to come around to a party that is a little bit more inclusive i like to think that's true um, Me too. i think
1: that's the vision when you look at guys like fdr and uh, even as far out as a uh, as lbj i think they kind of had a an idea that that's where they wanted to push the country and i think that I think that both the uh, reaction by the right, uh, the the very negative reaction by the right to Obama and now their reaction to Trump has kind of set this country in a real regression in terms of where we were headed. So we need something like that to happen.
0: We do. And we have to start looking at common standards and common ground. So maybe we're not going to sit here and have common ground on immigration, so to speak, but we can probably have some kind of common ground on healthcare. Like, where is, where are the, the spokespeople for all the, the citizens who are for national health coverage and yet their representatives are denouncing it in Congress? Like, why are we not hearing more from them? Because if you take a poll nationally and you ask, would you like to have your ass covered 100% how many people are going to walk out of that saying no? Now, you didn't ask them how is it going to be paid for or whatever. You just asked is it worth it for American people to have it as a as a right? And that's just the, beca- it's all in the presentation, you know, right? Because It's it, all in the presentation. And, then, and then, 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 then you work from there. You work from common ground. You say, "Don't we deserve this as the richest nation on earth? Don't we deserve to fucking figure this out one way or another?" yes check yes or no and then we'll go from there well I think that you hear people like Bernie and uh, Liz saying stuff like that Um, but for some reason it sounds too radical and you hear it but then step two is I'm getting rid of everything and people like myself who have health coverage that has been slowly getting you know worse and worse and costlier and costlier through their employer but is still better than getting it on the open market by yourself is a little wary because we don't know what a public option will entail or how good they'll make it or how you know faithfully they will roll it out as a government entity because there is a little bit of trepidation with those types of things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. until you sh- you know proof is in the pudding, you can't tell me you're going to take it away. It's too quick, it's too abrupt.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, that is about presentation too. Um, I'm, right? I'm just not sure a lot of people are getting the correct message because, as we've discussed before, the media is always presenting these people, your free healthcare is going to do this to you. It's going to do that. Not it might, not it could, because no one really knows yet because the system doesn't exist yet. But these horror stories are being implanted in people's minds. And when when are we finally going to have a media that's really just presenting actual numbers
0: So the constituents' minds can be
1: changed and senators won't have to abide by people just because they're wearing a red Make America Great Again hat.
0: Correct. So here's what sucks is that we don't have the straightforward presentation. Like if it was up to the right or if it was up to Donald Trump, he wouldn't even have any funding for Sesame Street, right? He doesn't want to fund PBS and he certainly wouldn't want to fund any kind of down-the-middle governmental – completely nonpartisan and non-biased entity that would come and give you the facts and then also possibly take money out of elections, right? right? This is where we would like to go. We would like to have no money in our elections and we wouldn't want to have the most money always win. But what do you do when you're fighting against the media landscape? How do you shout louder than them? I think Michael Bloomberg is proving Like if you want to circumvent the system like Donald Trump has done through Twitter, if you don't want to have press conferences in the White House anymore and answer the tough questions and you only want to answer the answers that you've asked yourselves the question to, then you go on Twitter (laughs) and you make proclamations from the shitter every morning. And that's what you do. And that is how this country's being run. We're not even being able to hold him to account. He's literally sitting in the high castle. It's no, fucking disgusting. It's, it's pretty so, ridiculous. But you think Bloomberg
1: it, is, is mirroring this? You think he's doing – you
0: I think do. he's going to be
1: another Twitter monster, another guy? Well,
0: no, no. I just think that he's able to talk over the machine but in a different way. So he is able to get his message out there and run a candidacy – that is going around all normal channels. He's sitting here as a front runner, and we haven't had to hear hide nor hair of him. It's amazing. He could actually not be a real person, and he could still be running this, this well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, somebody's just making commercials and saying his name. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I don't even know. I never met him, so... <laughs> Fuck if I know if Mike Bloomberg's a real dude, but he might so he might end up as the next president.
1: Well, didn't he make uh, the soda sizes smaller in New York?
0: Yeah, I that was awesome. Something. No more big gulps for Big Mike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, the Republicans were mad about that. That almost alone makes me want to vote for him. They were so vehement about their big sodas. Absolutely. Just livid. <laughs> uh, well, you know we'll see. um uh, yeah, the Citizens United for once is going to benefit a Democratic candidate, although we, Hillary and Obama, let's be serious, <laughs> they also benefited. But yeah, Bloomberg is riding the money train right to uh, the top of the race. So like I said, it's going to be interesting, but I do see a three-way toss-up coming out of the end with uh, with uh, Bloomberg, Warren and Bernie, as I said, and you know yang or Buttigieg. Or-
0: <laughs> no yang's not in a stop saying yang he's no 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 i'm
1: saying they could oh, be as- a viable oh he's not a mate. vp
0: no he's he's out no he's no, not no you him. don't
1: like him as a vp hmm okay.
0: no no he's going to bring along his 0.5% i like him i think he's a cool dude he's, he's not, not going to be able to, to do leaders. that
1: though you can't do anything as a vp set up there no but what you in do the is the
0: senate with your pants down you have to bring along a constituency that's you know that's viable or like you have to bring a constituency that's going to be a threat, like you know, if Obama well, if, had if, if Bloomberg
1: a, goes, then he could be Bloomberg could be more of the corporate center guy, and then you've got Yang as kind of a lefty guy.
0: I don't know. Eh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's still just it's not it's not diverse enough for me. I it sucks, and it doesn't look like there's going to be much diversity coming out of the party on, at all. Yang is, is really Asian, shitty. Dude. <laughs> yeah, but he's Asian. I know Asian. That's like even that's like even whiter than white.
1: Isn't Bloomberg Jewish too? That is huge diversity. Once again,
0: whiter than white. Fair point. Like like you have to. We have to start looking more socioeconomically diverse. Like let's get some black and brown up in here. That's that's a lot of the party. Where are they at? <laughs> What's going down? Um, I mean, well, and this is just the wrong cycle for it, and we got what we got. But you know, maybe in the in future,
1: a, somebody can rope in Cory Booker. Is he a? Uh, or c too can white Can we as leave? Well? Can we
0: put <laughs> Cory Booker on an island and bring him back when he's a little somethinger? Little, little something extra? He'll, he'll be back he in, t- in
1: 2024, showing his face like, hey, I might run for president again.
0: Like, oh, he'll um, be back because New Jersey will still be a state and they'll still need a governor or a senator. So he'll be there. He'll be around. Fuck. Oh, Booker. All right, so I'm done with politics until about 10 minutes after this podcast. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's move on to something else.
1: Something more interesting.
0: All right, let's talk about um, – what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about McDonald's. Let's talk about McDonald's and the Monopoly game. Did you know that there's a new uh, documentary out about the McDonald's Monopoly game? Uh, no, I actually didn't. Is
1: it Netflix or
0: – It's Netflix and it's about how it was all a big scamola. Well, yeah, we knew that.
1: People were absolutely going in there trying to get Boardwalk and Park Place. And they no, get, it was
0: a scamola in that all the winners of the million dollar prizes are from the same family.
1: Yeah, there was you know, uh, there was always the conspiracy theory back then because you right. know, you remember what happened? You'd always get two of the like the properties yeah. you needed, and everyone had yeah. you had like eight like Vermont Place.
0: But, but then you, like everyone thought, you know, it was this like um it was this thing where you thought, like, the other one was on the other side of the country.
1: But no, <laughs> and, there was just and only, you like, would like, one of them, <laughs> and they were being yeah, given yeah. to someone specific. Yeah, and, no, I think we all knew that. I was a kid, and I think I had that figured out. I was yeah, like, but it okay. turns
0: out that there was a much more nefarious and consorted effort to uh, get this money into the hands of the same people, that same family. What family so, was yeah. this? Uh, I don't know. I only watched, like, half of the first episode, but it was pretty sweet. So keep an eye out there, and it's going to be a multi-part thing, and Hmm. it's pretty cool. Like the production value on it is amazing. It's like big short level of like cutaways and like framing in the screen and stuff, and like really captivating and really fun. And this FBI agent is is fucking hilarious. So it's it's extremely watchable.
1: I'll give it a look. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I'm always looking for reasons to hate McDonald's. So there you go. You know, how long ago was that? uh, What was the name of it? Supersize Me. Do you remember that that documentary? Morgan Spurlock. Absolutely,
0: that was fantastic.
1: It was. It was. He was really good, actually. I just love how the guy. You know, he forces himself to eat McDonald's every day for every meal. And then he did it to death. And then he
0: remember he had his own series on TV, and he had to like live on minimum wage.
1: You know, I didn't catch all of his stuff after that, but I did enjoy that particular documentary. Just watching yeah. him stuff double quarter pounders down his throat to the point where he looked like he was about to He was climb all into bloated
0: and he was like jaundicey. His face <laughs> <he> looked
1: terrible. <laughs> this is, he's like, Well, it's been five days. <laughs> Damn, dude. And he's in his car and he's so miserable. His doctor's like, Just looking at him like, Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Um, yeah, there was a so. there was a big game last weekend. Um, it was good to see your uh, my homeboy bring home something. A yeah little, something, yeah something. that
0: was really cool. I think it actually kind of played out like I talked about. so I mean it did. I I you know it's weird with this show when we record on a Sunday. And I think the only thing that gets in the way of that being a really good timetable is the effing NFL. the NFL, because yep. we can talk. we can talk all we want about a wrap up of the week and politics and culture and you right. know, whatever. Then we hang and up, up and about- they start playing games. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then the fucking results are so stale. By the time we get to them the next Sunday, it's like, oh, does yeah. anyone even care? And does it, and but that's what I love like about SVP. There's right? been
1: 96 hours of consecutive sports talk television about all of this stuff already.
0: But do you know SVP? <laughs> how he does the what what I got wrong or something segment?
1: Uh, yeah, well, cowherd has got the same thing. A lot of guys. Cowherd, yes, yeah. yes. Where genius, Colin was wrong, where Colin was right.
0: Yes. Now he's got enough time, you know, within his week that he can hold his feet to the fire because he likes to extrapolate, and he's got a lot of air time. But oh, yeah! I think it's great that people actually go back on he their picks. Comes in with the hottest revisit.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's actually a brilliant uh, maneuver on his part. You know, we can talk about where I was wrong. I thought the Niners were a better overall team, and you were right. That Chiefs offense. And Mahomes, I mean Mahomes. God, and those receivers! Oh, I don't yeah. ever. I, I, Sammy Watkins is unbelievable. So, As your
0: third option, what yeah. a great, what a great setup he, he's got. He had an
1: unreal game. Yeah, they were they're, they're a good team. I think it's really great that we're finally seeing quarterback like enough with the Bradys and the Mannings and the even. I love Drew Brees, but we need some new blood in here. Yeah, Philip Rivers is like a hunter. There, we,
0: there <laughs> you go. And a nice segue from our last little segment, we got some browning of the quarterback position going on. Oh yeah, Mahomes. I mean, now
1: I, Mahomes is—he's half black, right? As he, he's, uh, yes. I, I don't. Yeah, he's but he's amazing. It's it's just good to see Lamar Jackson, man, all over the NFL. You're finally amazing. seeing uh, guys where it used to be just Randall Cunningham running or Michael Vick running. Now we got real quarterbacks out there just killing it.
0: Hey, Randall Cunningham threw the ball. He threw the ball. Michael Vick threw the ball. But they weren't. Michael Vick was fan. They weren't fantastic.
1: drafted or picked up. I mean, okay, Randall Cunningham threw the ball when he was with Minnesota for a year or so. And anyone can throw the ball to Chris Carter and Randy Moss. But Bro, when he, he was
0: good on the Eagles. I don't know yeah, what you're talking about. Oh, in
1: Philly, he was all about the death-defying leap into the end zone, like flipping over guys. No regard that's for what his he, body. That's
0: what he should be remembered for, for sure. Because, yeah, he changed the game in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, that, um, that
1: mobility, there's no denying it was kind of a stereotype that stuck with uh, uh, people of color playing quarterback for the last 20 years. You know, the only ones that could beat th- passing quarterbacks were six foot six Peyton Manning types who couldn't move if their life depended on it.
0: And then you had a little bit of a hybrid who was also white in the Andrew Luck Model of things. Oh sure, uh, I, you know because he was a physical specimen. Plenty, but like Aaron Rodgers can even move. So. And, oh absolutely. What the hell was I thinking? But yeah. you know, like, but in terms of the nexus, the top of the mountain, we're looking at it right now. Oh, we, this is yeah. It.
1: Between uh, between Lamar Jackson, we got Mahomes and Russell Wilson. I mean,
0: Mahomes. It's Mahomes, dude. He's a fucking cyborg. He is it. The dude can.
1: Yeah, he can move. He moves a lot faster than he looks like he's moving too, doesn't he? And he's
0: big. He's <laughs> huge. He's way bigger than he looks too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's he's why definitely he's taking large. hits.
1: He yeah. just looks like he's lumbering along, but there's like dudes chasing him to just can't catch him. Like and Nick, that's why it's like Nick You could say could he's not catching.
0: <laughs> no, that's why you could say he's the new prototype. But it's almost like LeBron. It's like yeah, go ahead if you can find one. He's the new prototype, but there's only one of these guys out there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson is a freak too. So I think he's going to have a better showing in the playoffs next year. Although he yeah, showed absolutely. well, the Ravens just blew it. So, yeah, it's kind um, of a kind of a quarterback changing into the garden. I love it.
0: Yeah, and we got Andy Reid as Super Bowl. Everybody's happy for that. Everyone and loved that. I was happy for Andy. Yeah, and everybody in Kansas City, Kansas, was really happy that their hometown got a Super Bowl as well. Yeah. <laughs> They did love it. The state of Kansas was truly proud. I got so much
1: pushback from Republicans. Whoa, it's in Kansas too. And they're like, dude, oh my
0: lord! Just keep apologizing <laughs> for that moron until the day you die. you will never of knuckleheads. I'm gonna have to put a sticker on your gravestone. And be like, you believed in the asshole. It's unbelievable. We're trying to get away from politics. So we're talking about the Super Bowl. Can't, can't do somehow it.
1: Somehow it circulates all the He's way. He's an in.
0: infection, bro. It's He's unreal. An Unreal. All right, so I got to wrap this up because I have a float spa appointment in Pittsburgh. I don't mean to be too bougie, but. That is bougie. <laughs> you know, I hate that word, but that's that's a talk for a different time. But, I hate that word, but there is nothing more applicable than going into a float spa than bougie. Yeah. But it was a, it was a Groupon, so consider me Midwesterner.
1: Well, that's, uh, wait, where is it at again? Where are you getting a, a
0: group spa? I'm going to Pittsburgh. It's only an hour drive.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's about yeah. three hours from Columbus. But okay.
0: Yeah. Well, everything is an hour from me except Columbus. But you know, Akron. Well, how Cleveland, many? How many people are in this and- group? <laughs> The this- Groupon? Oh, I don't know. You get your individual pod, bro. Oh,
1: okay. I, I was I was just. I imagining- don't know if you
0: know how it works, but it's like this sensory deprivation chamber where you get in and you float. Okay, I didn't this, know that. I pictured
1: uh, a whole lineup of people like you just laying no, down. No, you really
0: should look into it. It's like otherworldly and it's like disassociative and kind of trippy. And I can't wait to see what it's about. So I will be back with some uh, a rundown of how freaked out I got in there. Yeah, guy. I kind of want the details because I I really have, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm picturing right now. So. All right. Well, I'm getting a little claustrophobic talking about it. Uh, I got to go No.
1: <laughs> You're really selling me on this Groupon. Um,
0: yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I need a Groupon. We, I got to get to wedding planning. So I'll let you know how how awful that's been going uh, next week.
0: Well, I can help you out with that, man, because I've already been through it. So if you need anybody to help you wade the waters, I'm your guy.
1: Yeah, it's a slow process. We're doing the destination thing. So we're weeding some
0: people out. We're just trying to keep it small, but everything is impossible. Well, that's a big weed out. So like on the destination wedding, you either have to go with everyone can come or only five people. Otherwise, you're just not going to be able to find that in between.
1: Right. And it depends on how far you go to. So
0: we're looking at Antarctica. It was 65 degrees. There <laughs> Absolutely. Good luck. <laughs> so, I don't know if right, the well, ice shelf that you're planning on having the ceremony is going to be there when you go.
1: It, it, may, it may not. But uh, if you're interested in coming, you know, we've got a. We've got a great penguin picked out to uh, preside over the wedding.
0: He's already got the tuxedo. <laughs>
1: exactly my point. <laughs> All
0: right,
1: dude. All right, I'll talk so, to you All right, so
0: let's do it again next week. Absolutely. Same bat time, same bat channel. Later. Later. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Born to be Mild podcast. As always, our theme music is brought to you by Ryan Little. Go check him out on SoundCloud. Today's episode was sponsored by absolutely no one. So do you have a lot of money and you're looking for a place to put it? Feel free to slide into our DMs. If you liked or loved what we do, please go rate us and review us in the iTunes store. Five stars, of course. And that'll help other wonderful folks just like you find this show. That's all for today. For me, Ron Cabuno, and for my compadre, Pete Crawford, thanks and have a good week.